0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn, and today is my first solo episode ever. I originally planned to launch this podcast with a solo episode, and I recorded one, and I was talking about like my childhood, how I grew up, just my past, my life, how I got to this point, my hair journey. And then I honestly chickened out. Like, I listened to the episode back. And I was like, okay, I want to launch with a bang. Like I want people to listen. And like, they might find this boring. Like I'm just talking about myself for 25 minutes. Like I should launch with a guest. And then I guess I got excited and I just kept doing guest after guest after guest. And I never did my solo episode. So at the end of every episode with my guests, I always ask if there's anything they want to be vulnerable about. And lately I've realized that it's like, kind of rude for me to be like, hey, put you on the spot. You want to be vulnerable? Be vulnerable right now. And then I don't even do it with them. (laughs) So this is probably a good time for me to be vulnerable. Like I know a lot of you are here because you follow me and you found me from the show, but I do want other people, new people to find me from the podcast and everyone that does know me or thinks they know me really well. I want you guys all to kind of get to know me better and like get to know me on a deeper level. So I've been seeing a lot of people on TikTok do like 30 things that I learned by age 30 or like 20 things that I wish someone had told me in my 20s. And I love all of these videos. Like I watch them all. I love to hear people talk about like things they've learned and like reflect on their younger selves. And I was thinking about my younger self last night because I was kind of in my feels I went to a holiday party. This is like my first holiday party of the season. And it was for Marc Jacobs. And Marc Jacobs himself ended up being there, which I did not expect. And like when we walk up to the door, I see Marc Jacobs. And I'm like, okay, that's Mark Jacobs. I, I have to say hi. Like I have to at least introduce myself to him because like this is my party. He's <laughs> my party. This is his party. And he invited me. I mean, his PR team invited me, but someone invited me. And I would totally kill myself if I didn't say hi to him at least. So I go up to him and I'm like, hey, I just wanted to say hi and introduce myself. Like, I'm a big fan and thank you so much for having us. And he's like, oh, what's your name? I'm like, hey, I'm Chelsea. And then we kind of just stand there awkwardly. And I think I just got like, I just got so awkward because it's been a really long time since like I fangirled over somebody. And now that like, I've been on the other side of it. I have a really hard time being the fan person just because, like, I know what it feels like. And, like, I, there's nothing that I could think in my head at that moment to say that, like, wasn't going to be cringe. So, I was just, like, standing there next to him awkwardly. <laughs> um, But that's okay. I still met him. I still said hi. And, like, my point was my younger self was very into like designer things. Like I had a huge obsession with handbags from age like 10 to, I don't know, after to college. And I was obsessed with designer bags and like designer things. And I would save up all my money to like buy one purse for my birthday or like ask for one for Christmas or whatever, a wallet. And like always wanted to mark Jacob's wallet or a bag, like a tote. And the perfume. Everyone I feel like knows the Daisy perfume from Marc Jacobs. It's the one with the flower on top. It smells really freaking good. And like, this was my favorite scent, self-proclaimed for a while when I was younger. And I saved up money to go buy this. Like at the time, I don't know what year it was, but it was like $65, which was a lot of money back in the day. Still is, but like a lot of money for someone who's, I don't know, 14. (laughs) And I saved up money to buy this perfume and flash forward to now where I am... On the guest list at a Marc Jacobs perfume party. Like he was launching a new fragrance and that's what the holiday party was for. And I just had like a little pinch me moment because I was just like, damn, like this is everything my younger self ever dreamed more. Like I never thought I would be in a position where I'd be at a party saying hi awkwardly, like awkward or not, introduce myself to Marc Jacobs and like having people come up to me and asking me for pictures. Like it's just insane And it's just, I like to take little moments like this because we get so caught up in life and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, I have to remember where I started because this is a huge deal to that girl. (laughs) So today is December 12th, twelve twelve, And I wanted to do like 12 things that I want to say to my younger self. So number one on this list is get your hair wet. I have spent so much of my life before I shaved my head worrying about my damn hair. And like when I was younger, I was so self-conscious about it. And I would literally decide not to do things if it was going to mess up my hair or if it meant I had to get my hair wet, like altering my life to not do things that I actually wanted to do because of my hair. And those like younger years are so freaking innocent and precious that like, The times, like I cherish the times that I spent with my middle school friends at the pool or like beach trips I went on to Florida and like it just makes me sad for my younger self that I can vividly remember like sitting out of activities or like sitting out of the pool or like not going to a workout class or like just not doing things that like younger kids do because I didn't want to get my hair wet and because I was so self-conscious about what it would look like when it dried and standing next to all of my white friends and having to like do it for four hours before we went out to dinner so to my younger self please get your hair wet it's not that big of a deal you're gonna cut it off later anyway (laughs) (laughs) number two is stand up straight I'm six feet tall as you guys know when I stand up straight (laughs) when I kind of hunch I'm about five eleven. but my height not my height but like My posture now is probably one of my biggest insecurities because I'm like, I I can like feel myself straightening up now that I talk about it. I didn't mean to, but I guess when I was younger, I would like hunch over a lot just because I was talking to shorter people or because I was unknowingly self-conscious about it and would like shrink myself down. And I really wish I didn't do that because now I'm trying to overcorrect the things that I did for 20 years. And my body's like, nah, it's too late, girl. Like, and when I see pictures of myself, when I'm, like, hunched, it, like, kills me inside. <laughs> there was a Reddit thread. I know I shouldn't be on Reddit reading threads about myself. But, like, during Bachelor in Paradise, there was one Reddit thread that still haunts my nightmares that was, like, does anyone else notice that Chelsea, like, always hunches over when she talks? Like, she never stands up straight. And I was like, oh. Freaking dagger to the heart. Like, I'd love to believe that it was just in my head and that I was just thinking about it too hard. and Nobody else really notices. No, people notice. And I was like, fuck me. Like, that sucked to hear. Like, it's one thing when people are trolling you on Reddit and you're like, okay, whatever. Like, that's not true. But for someone to, <laughs> to like bring up the one thing that I'm insecure about and be like, does she hunch all the time? And everyone be like, yeah, I noticed that too, girl. And everyone else be like, well, you know, that's common problem for tall people. I was like, damn. So, anyway. Please stand up straight because you're going to regret that later and you got to fix the posture. Number three is it's okay to cry. I still don't really consider myself an emotional person in general and I think it all kind of depends on how you grew up and like your family and what they're like but like my family and I are not super emotional people like we're not crying to each other or saying I love you all the time or like even that physically affectionate like I feel like we just started hugging goodbye and hello when I come into town maybe like five years ago (laughs) but like we're just not affectionate or emotional people and so I didn't grow up like that which is fine but I think it's kind of led me to be more like not that I suppress my emotions but like my first instinct is usually to cover them up like I do not like crying in front of anybody and I don't even like crying in front of my damn self like sometimes I'll be crying and I'll just go to the mirror and look at myself and be like, look how stupid you look. Now stop crying. <laughs> and maybe that's something I need to work out in therapy. But like, I think if I had told myself, my younger self, like, it's okay to cry. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. It's a normal thing that maybe I could have avoided some some things in the future. And I think I'm still telling myself that, honestly. Um, I saw this TikTok recently that was talking about the definition of crying versus weeping. And... The benefits of crying because you're born knowing how to cry. Like no one has to teach you how to cry, but you learn how to weep. So the definition of weeping is crying with no sound. So it's like people think that they cry a lot, but in reality, most of us are weeping, which sounds incredibly dramatic and sad. (laughs) But I'm like, I really don't cry much. I just like let the tears flow or like don't make the sounds. But apparently it's like the sounds that you have to make that are cathartic. Like it makes you feel better and it like gives you that release. Whereas weeping kind of like still is holding things in. Anyway, so my point is cry it out, girl, because it's okay. Number four would be listen and talk to your grandma. (laughs) This is just a good one for anybody because I think when I was younger and I'm like the youngest of three. So I just, I don't know. I just always saw my grandma as like, an old lady who was like trying to tell me what to do and like blah, blah, blah. Like I never saw her as like a person. And I feel like that's kind of true with like your parents too until you really grow up. But I just wish that I had cherished the time that I had with her and actually learned things about her and listened to things that she said and talked to her as a person. Obviously I was a kid, but I think that's just a good lesson. Listen to your grandma and your parents because Everything that my grandma experienced, everything that happened in her life, her whole story, like all of that, as sad as it sounds, died with her. Like my mom can tell me, of course, some stories and my uncles and aunts can tell me some stories and what they remember. It's just sad. I just wish that I I'd given it more time or I'd wanted to listen and learn from her and just hear how she was as a woman. I feel like when I started to get a little older and started to do that, it was almost too late, like, to realize that. So if anyone is listening to this episode, when I'm done, go ahead and give your grandparents a call if you still can, because sadly, they're not going to be with us forever. Number five would be chill the fuck out. This is a good lesson and a note for all Virgos. <laughs> I I wouldn't consider myself uptight, but I can be a little bit of an overthinker, a stressor, a worrier... A planner and I really envy people that are like like I consider myself a chill person but I really envy people that just go with the flow and like don't worry about things until they come up in that moment like I so wish I could be one of those people <laughs> but like I'm just not hardwired that way but I am working on being better about being a little more go with the flow but especially when I was younger like there was so much less to worry about everything was a lot less complicated and I could have definitely chilled the fuck out, especially when it came to like boys and sex and like all this stuff. Like I used to just worry about everything for no reason. Like you can worry when you get older and have things to worry about. But in the beginning, like there's no reason why I shouldn't have been chill. (laughs) Okay, number six is trust the process. This is a lot easier said than done, but this is why I would tell this to my younger self because everything is falling into place. Like whether you can see the puzzle pieces coming together or not, everything that has happened in my life has happened for a reason and aligns with what I want. And I am hoping working me closer to my purpose. But I think that if we all had a crystal ball and we could see the future we would all probably calm down a little bit more and trust the process. So I would love to tell my younger self, good things are coming, you're headed in the right direction, and you got to trust the process, baby. Number seven is listen to your gut. Our gut feelings are honestly a gift. Like I recently saw this quote that said, trust the gift that is your intuition. And it really is a gift. Like we have the ability to sense danger or sense issues or sense when something's not right. And so much of the time we ignore that or try to push it away or, you know, dismiss it, whatever. But like it really is a gift. And I feel like anytime I went against my gut, I paid for it. <laughs> like there was one modeling agency contract that I was really excited about. I had a meeting with them and it was a bigger agency in New York and I was already at an agency that I was kind of working consistently at and I liked, but I didn't love, like I thought I could do bigger. And in my eyes, this bigger agency was better. And I took a meeting and they offered me a contract. When I started going over the contract, like reading through it and asking questions, the agent was getting really pushy and weird and like aggressive. And in my mind, I was like, why would he be like pushing me into this contract if I don't feel comfortable with certain things? Like... I don't know, my gut and all the red flags were just going off at the time. And I was like, something something feels weird, but I think I let fear get in the way and I let fear change my mind to be like, "No, you should sign this contract. It's the best thing for your career." And so I signed it and it was horrible. They didn't know what to do with me. They didn't help me. They didn't push me. They didn't help my career. It was just a a bad fit in general and I was with them for three months. I didn't book a single thing and they dropped me and I went back to my original agency. So that's just an example of a time I didn't listen to my gut when it was screaming, girl, this is not right. Number eight is embrace change instead of resisting it. This is huge and this is something that I'm still telling myself because I really used to be that person that was like... I hate change. I don't want anything to change. I'm very comfortable where I'm at and I hate when things get switched around. And I'm just like a very sentimental person in general. So, if I ever I had to like move or a year was ending of school or I had to switch roommates or anything like that, that was always just super super hard for me. And maybe just because I'm like a homebody and I like I like my space and I like I like things to be not predictable, but reliable. And as I've gotten older, I've realized just that change is usually change for the better. And change means growth. And the more you resist it, the more it hurts. Like the only thing, the only constant in life is that it's going to keep changing until you die. So like you might as well accept the fact that things are going to keep changing and just try, try to go with it and try to go with the flow and try to embrace it as much as you can because trying to resist it makes everything five times harder. Number nine, stop expecting people to act the way that you would act. I've gotten in so many arguments and fights and gotten my feelings hurt so many times by friends, by boyfriends, by whoever, because I was projecting my expectations on these people. Like if there was a certain situation and they handled it differently than I had already like made up a scenario for in my mind, then I was the one that was upset because I'm like, well, I would never treat treat you like that. I would never do what you did. And I would never act like that. And I don't know. I think it's kind of just an immature way of thinking and I've grown out of it, but it's like everyone isn't the same as me. <laughs> In fact, everyone is absolutely completely different from me. So you can't expect other people to behave or to react or respond in the way that you would. And it'll just make your life a lot easier if you learn that now, instead of trying to keep morphing people into what you expect them to be. You kind of just have to see people as they are. And then you have the ability to decide if you want to continue to keep that person in your life, or if you want to distance yourself from them. Like you see people for who they are. And then you decide your proximity. And a lot of times, that's not what I did. <laughs> but that's what I do now. Number 10, you are your other half. So I'm a huge romantic. I love rom-coms. I grew up watching them like we all did, whatever. But I'm, I like to call myself a practical romantic, not hopeless. I am a romantic to a point. But I'm also like very practical and pragmatic and realistic. And I think it's a good balance. But in everything that we watch and all the media and like everything about soulmates and like your person, like it's always, oh my God, I found my other half. I found my missing puzzle piece. I found the person that completes me. And the older I've gotten, the more you realize that's definitely bullshit and not super healthy. I don't want another person to complete me, and I don't want to find my other half. Then we're both walking around as half people. <laughs> like, you need to be a whole person and find another whole person that complements your life. We have to start putting emphasis and value on the relationship with yourself. Like, people always ask me, How are you so confident? I have always put myself first. And that might sound selfish to some people, but I think we need a (laughs) rebrand. Like putting yourself first is not selfish. Pouring into yourself is not selfish. It's not wrong. It's what we all should be doing. I think we'd all be better people if we did that. And then we could meet each other at a higher point when we do find a partner. But if you know from the beginning that you are your other half and you look at it that way, I think I would look at self-care and self-love and all of that a little bit differently just because it's like, okay, I got to pour into me. I got to make myself a hole before I can find somebody else. Not like I'm just out here looking for someone to complete me. That's, that's not it. And my therapist said something to me that really like stuck with me. So I'm going to share it with you guys because it's, it's a real, really good nugget. I was talking to a lot of guys And just like casually chatting with them, texting with them, whatever. And she was like, why are you doing this? And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything else. Like I'm single. It's not hurting me to just continue to chit chat with these guys, even if like they're not giving me what I want. And her point was, you're spending your time and energy on these people though. And I was like, yeah, but it's not a lot of time. A text here, a text there, whatever. And she's like, no, it's taking up energy in your brain and energy, your energy is A very valuable resource. And I've always looked at my own energy as a renewable resource because it is. I can find more energy, I can charge it up, whatever. But she said, just because you don't have anything to spend your money on right now doesn't mean you just start giving it away to people. And I was like, boom, mind blown, like, mic drop. Like, for me to think about my energy like I think about money really changed the mindset for me because I was just like, wow, just because I don't have a person to spend all of my energy on right now doesn't mean I'm giving it away to to everyone, like a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, because that's energy that I could have been putting into myself. And that really like changed things for me, the perspective, because I was like, wow, she's right. It is taking up energy. It is taking up space in my head For, for what? That is energy I could be putting into myself, into my career. And so I started doing that. And I feel like, The people that I'm attracting and the things that are happening in my life are manifesting in a much better way because of that. Number 11, my favorite number is you will get everything that you want, but it might just look a little different than you imagine in your head. So this is a great one because I think, and maybe it's just me. I know a lot of people have expectations. But of course, we all have expectations and hopes and dreams of our lives when we're younger. And I expected to have a great career. I expected to make a comfortable lot of money. I expected to have my own office. And I used to dream about moving to New York and having a career in fashion, like very The Hills (laughs) style or like Devil Wears Prada, whatever, you know, fashion girl's dream. Moved to New York, have a career in fashion, You know, be an intern, work my way up, and eventually maybe I would be that head top person who had their own office. You know the kinds with the floor-to-ceiling glass windows and the sliding doors, and I would have my diploma framed, I'd put it on the wall, and I'd have my own desk, and that's when I'll have made it. And recently, I was sitting in my room, and I have a two-bedroom apartment, and I've made the other room into an office. And I have a desk and I was decorating it and I was buying a rug and I was putting a couch in here and I have all my content stuff in here and it dawned on me that I had my own office. Like that sounds weird, but in like, when you're thinking in corporate terms, like at an office, like everyone doesn't have their own office. Like I always imagine, like maybe one day when I grow up, I'll have my own office when I'm like high, high up at the company. And right now I literally have a two bedroom apartment and one of them is an office. Like, this is better than the original plan that I had imagined. Like, this is actually my own office because I work for myself. Like, what? So that's just like an example of something that I wanted and imagined. But like, this is not at all how I imagined it. But I still got what I wanted. So I guess just like taking that pressure off of yourself that everything has to be exactly as you thought. It doesn't have to be exactly as you thought it was going to be for it to be great. And then number 12, the very last thing I would tell my younger self is in the words of Chris Jenner, you're doing amazing, sweetie. I think that a lot of times, I mean, I know that a lot of times I'm very, very, very hard on myself. Like I am my own worst critic for sure. And at times that comes in handy. Like I push myself hard for a reason to be a better version of myself, to produce quality content and work and just... Be proud of everything that I put out into the world, but sometimes I need to take a step back and realize that I'm doing great. And I would tell myself, my younger self, this because I've always been like this. Like I've always been very critical of myself and have high expectations. And I would just tell myself, you're doing great and you're going in the right direction every step that you're taking even if it feels like a misstep even if it feels like a setback a failure you're going in the right direction because what I have now my life as it is now what it looks like and what I am creating and building for myself is amazing and my young self should know that she's on the right track don't second guess yourself that goes back to whatever number where I said trust your gut but like You're doing amazing, sweetie. Keep going. I believe in you and I love you. Wow. When I was worried about if I would be able to talk for 25 minutes straight or not, clearly that was not an issue. (laughs) Um, I hope you guys liked the 12 things I would tell my younger self and that it helped you get to know me a little bit more. Um, I liked doing it. I think it was cool. Cool to be here by myself writing solo, but I can't, finish an episode without doing our segment, Tell It Like It Is. I'm gonna answer one question that you guys asked me advice on, and it's just my advice today, because we don't have a guest, so hopefully you like it. So, Lexi says, how do I tell my in-laws to back off on my baby shower planning, but not sound rude? Honestly, I feel like people have so many struggles with their in-laws. Like, it makes me scared to get married. Like, I used to think it's not a huge deal if, like, I don't know. You're not besties with your partner's mom or whatever. But like now I'm like, I can't marry someone if their family is a nightmare. Like I'm supposed to hang out with them all the time and deal with it. Like I can't do it. I, I literally can't do it. So Lexi, my advice would be like, okay, here's step one. Step one is try to confront the problem. So message her or whatever, however you guys normally communicate And say, hey, like you have no idea how much I appreciate your help. I'm really excited about the baby shower, but I have kind of just always dreamt of planning this on my own and doing it on my own. And I'm really enjoying the process. But if I do need any more help, you'll be my first call. Like you'll be the first person I reach out to. But thank you so much for offering. I feel like that clearly gives somebody a hint. It's like, okay, back off. I want to do it myself. But... It's also not rude. So just be clear, be direct, but don't be rude. I know a lot of people's in-laws are pushy and like, and they know a text like that would not do anything. So step number two is if they don't listen to you when you do talk to them directly, then have your partner get involved because at the end of the day, that's their mom. It's not your mom. It's their mom and your partner should be on your side always and if it's stressing you out, you're literally pregnant, you don't need to be stressed out. If it's stressing you out to have to deal with them and to tell them you don't want their help and they're not listening when you tell them directly, then I would say, hey, babe, I told her and she's still not respecting my boundaries. Can you please step in and tell your mom to back off? And hopefully, then she'll listen. <laughs> but yeah, I think you should hit her with the text, see what she says, don't be rude. And then if that doesn't work, have your significant other step in. Okay, I think that's a wrap on my first solo episode. Thank you guys so much for being here and for listening. I hope you feel like you got to know me a little bit better. I think I got pretty personal, um, pretty vulnerable. And let me know what you think about the episode. If you like the solo episodes, DM me at Chelsea Vaughn. I'm at Chelsea Vaughn underscore on TikTok. And if you like the podcast, please, please, please rate it. I would love to have your feedback and other than that, I'll see you guys next time.